This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed. This is Merrick Larwood. Hello, film lovers and everyone else. This is the review of 2014. It's all over. It's in the past. You can't change it. Everything is done. Yeah. You can lie about it and rewrite it, but in your head it's done. Right here, right now, is the point where mistakes become regrets. Yeah? And you're going to live with those for the rest of your life. The only hope you've got is that you've tried, you try and forget them or somehow change them in your mind with use of drugs. Hey, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about what films you've seen. What what a year it's been. What a year. I don't think it's been a, a great... I've seen... Well, I've, I've left my film book at home, which I, I write in every single film in. I'm I really don't mind upset. telling you, I was slightly gutted when you told me that, that you've left your film Filofax at home. It's, I write in every film I've seen, and I've put a circle... I give the merit rating a circle if it's a new release. If I've seen it before, I put tick by it. Basically, you keep this film diary purely for the recording of this episode. Yeah, once a year. I've left it at home. (laughs) You've left it at home. I know that last year I watched 155 films. This year, I've only watched about 120 films. Okay. I don't know why, because work-wise, it's been pretty quiet. So, I don't know if I've been kidnapped and drugged and I've lost a month You you did lose that month in April, didn't you, I think? (laughs) Something has happened. That's Buddy the Dog squeaking in the background. Um, But, I'm... I mean, just to go over the... Uh, I, I looked up Box Office Mojo last night to have a look at sort of an overview of the business side of 2014. Um, highest grossing film? Uh, Bumholes. Bumholes to Age of the Bumhole. Now, it's Transformers, Age of Extinction is the biggest film of 2014. What a travesty. I know. It's it's a terrible, terrible film. It's also, uh, funnily enough... I haven't actually seen it, so I can't No, I, neither have I. I I'm assuming it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also on many, many online lists of the worst films of 2014. But uh, that might be professional jealousy from the fact it's made so much money. But I doubt it, somehow. Um... Yes, but uh, I thought what would be interesting is what is the lowest grossing film I saw posters for? Because some films are lowest grossing because they only released in one cinema in the mountains somewhere, you know? But the lowest grossing film I saw a poster for. One of us poster? Yes. I don't know. I've got no idea, David. The lowest grossing one was a film called Ragnarok. And it seemed to have some sort of teens in it, and it was about 
the coming of the age of Ragnarok sort of modern Viking How thing. much did it make? It made about $2,000 total. Um, and the second lowest of, that I saw a poster for was a British film and I'm so glad it did badly because it was the most cynical, um, charmless cash-in of an intellectual property. What's it called? The Postman Pat movie. Good. It looked awful. It made about $4,000 worldwide total. Can't be that bad. Yeah, absolutely appalling. Postman shat. Well, it, it was it was about a postman in a tiny village and he enters a national singing competition. That is yeah. not a story Postman Pat should be engaging with. I'm sorry. It's that's. A, I'm glad it did terribly. Well, what we're going to do this episode is we're going to talk about... <laughs> episode? Yeah, I'm just livening up a little bit. Okay. No, that wasn't lively before. I just thought, you know, keep people on their toes. By mispronouncing words every yeah. now and again. Good call. Um, is we're going to talk about our five films that were released... Five, a top... Or eight, five films that we liked that were released this year, sort of UK release, yeah. 2014. And also because we watch a lot of films, as everyone does, that you have five films we saw in 2014 that we hadn't seen before that we really enjoyed that you might like to watch yeah just a reminder of the things we've mentioned that we thought we we uh, we enjoyed watching so let's go one each um, in no particular order so 2014 films yeah our favourites of the year What what what's one of your favourites of the year well I, I bang on about this all year and I always pick uh, we've got a running thing with films with blue in the title Films uh, and last year, like I talked about, blue is almost colour constantly. This year is a low budget American film about a guy who lives in a car, uh, and the person who get released his parent, uh, person who killed his parents, is released from prison, and he goes to try and kill them. It's quite simple. It's really tightly scripted, and they shot it for a hundred thousand dollars. You should go and watch this film. It's called Blue Ruin. I saw it last week. Uh, finally, think? I thought it was excellent, absolutely excellent. He's he's a really unexpected leading man. He's, you know, he's a cartoonist. as his professional. Is job. he really? Yeah, because he's, he's friends with he was friends with the director, and they cast him. And they put both they both maxed out their credit cards to make it. Wow, I mean, it's it, it's a superbly made piece, and it's um, he is a leading loser, and and he 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 needs to be because his story is not a heroic one. Mm. Particularly, he, it's one of taking an act of vengeance and then the the fallout and the escalation of that in real life what would happen you don't he's, get to walk away into the sunset afterwards his you know? face is brilliant though, oh it's it? fantastic yeah yeah he reminded me a bit of um, Paul Litchfield who we had on the show no yeah it looks a bit like him no yeah he does he does no yeah he does um, I enjoyed it I'm, I, I agree it is very good what have you got then for the um, list? Well, another uh, film from this year that I thought was excellent. Um, another British film about a uh, soldier in Northern Ireland getting uh, separated from his unit during the Troubles. Uh, it's 71. Uh, That's also on my list. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's film. In my top five Good films. film. Yeah. I, and I, since uh, watching 71, there's an actor in it, the one who had the fantastic moustache... Um, oh, from Prometheus uh, is he? Yeah. no not him the other one the oh, one okay. who was uh, uh, the slightly friendlier one slightly chubbier one 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've seen him in lots of things. He has an absolutely fantastic beard in uh, the uh, the TV show Ripper Street. So 71, that's made both our lists. I'm going to probably say one that's on your list as well. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, anyway, 71 is a thriller set in the trouble, but it's more of a thriller than it is a political movie, we should say that. Yes, it is. It's not It's not political satire or commentary, really. It's a thriller set during a time you probably won't have seen a thriller set before. But it's very well made and acted and everything else. I don't know why it wasn't more lauded by the critics. Yeah. Uh, the Lego movie. Really? It's in your top five. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I, I... It was so funny. It made me laugh all the way through. And, I didn't... and when you go and watch it, I was watching my friend... Paul Allen, friend of the show, and we both, it's such, immediately, you go to the Lego movie, you're cynical, you think, I don't really want to like this, it's just a cash-in movie to make kids buy Lego, but the, the how brave they were with the jokes, and the amount of, the uh, JPM joke per minute rate is yeah, so yeah. high on this, David, I go, the only quite reason... some real jokes, it, go, it goes through, it really made me laugh, and I, I think it's st- it's a bit of a low in the second bit, but I really enjoyed it. Well, that's really it. That's the reason it's not on my top five. I did really enjoy it. I thought it had a fantastic opener, and the last twenty minutes are brilliant. And I I felt it got a bit noisy and pointless in the middle. That's why it's not on my list. But I think it's an excellent kids film. Excellent. I think it's an excellent adults film too. Well, that, that's uh, seen the rise of Chris Pine, two thousand and fourteen, hasn't it? Not Chris Pine, Chris uh, Pratt. Um, who is the lead in the Lego movie. He's the lead in Guardians of the Galaxy and he's going to be next year the lead in Jurassic World. Well, lucky Pratt. Yeah. What, um, what, so that's three off my list. Three off my list. Well, my next one is um, Brendan Gleeson film Calvary mm-hmm. where he plays a uh, priest um, on an island full, with life full of regrets who gets a phone call saying that um, a man who's never met him uh, is going to come and kill him on Sunday. Oh god! It's it's really good. It's by the same guy who did The Guard, which is another uh, Brendan Gleeson film. But you, if you like Gleeson, then he doesn't get better than in these films. The collaborations he has with this director are just excellent. So Calvary, I thought was great. Uh, so I've done three of my list. Have you done? Th- I've done two off my list. Go on, then another one. Another one. Another uh, little British film actually that I thought was excellent. Really quirky and funny and just charming and I still listen to music off the soundtrack of it is uh, Frank the Michael Fassbender uh, Domhnall Gleeson Maggie Gyllenhaal film about uh, well written by John Ronson uh, evoking the spirit of Frank Sidebottom and, and it's really fun number four for a fair, I think it's an achievement um, in terms of dedication I wasn't amazingly blown away by it but this year there hasn't been really any film that's really that new release that's blown me away no I, I did I haven't put her on my list I really like that because that came out this year but it was out in America so I didn't include that, that well it was in the previous year's Oscar noms yeah so it, I felt so. I couldn't I thought that was really great but I put Boyhood in yeah. a link to film it's on my long list definitely. Um, where they basically follow this boy's family with Patricia Arquette and um, what's his Ethan name Ethan Hawke Ethan Hawke and some kid through 10 years of their life and it's um, 
at the actually age during the film where it was shot over a 10 year period 12 I think, I think it's 12. oh it's 12 then 10, 12 who cares once you get older you start to forget you don't even know when your own birthday is and you look in the face in the mirror and it's wrinkled and you feel old and in the inside you still think I'm, I haven't done anything yet I haven't done anything and my body my physical <laughs> being is collapsing around me and I'm just it's all over you sound like uh, the principal character in my next choice well, that's a lovely segue. You sound like Michael Keaton in Birdman. That's not. Well, that, that hasn't even, is that officially released in two thousand and fourteen? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Um, it's it doesn't come out in Britain until January, I don't think. So it may be out by the time uh, this is released. But um, yes, no, properly, properly good film. Uh, really well scripted and acted and everything else has its problems, as uh, John Luke Roberts uh, pointed out in previous weeks, but. Um, uh, I, I absolutely loved it. My fifth, and I've got a lot of uh, honourable mentions. The things like uh, under the skin. Under the skin is my fifth. Oh, it's not mine. I'm going to under give, the skin. Oh, on, I thought was uh, Scarlett Johansson as an alien visiting uh, Scotland uh, in order to harvest people and uh, having a crisis of confidence. I guess, but I, I thought it was. Um, a beautifully made film absolutely beautiful and well worth watching under the skin my favourite we're going for a comedy British comedy in between this two yes. oh really I gave it um, I've I not even seen the extras the, one, the film I got cut out of my wood and my only but I think it has got some of the funniest laugh out loud set pieces in it of the whole year it's really tightly written well I was I was slightly um sad that there were no comedies I'd seen that could even get close to my list I think so you know I didn't see that one so. I think this and the Lego movie are the two best comedies I've seen this year so yeah. that, uh, that if you want just a just a really well made comedy where they, all you know the characters are I think you, you if you've watched In Between as you know it's more rewarding for you right but it's just funny so that's my, my that's fifth. your fifth yeah, honourable mentions. Go on, rattle off some. What what didn't make your list? Do you have any there? I've got a couple. I mean, The Edge of Tomorrow. I thought was a very good action film. Um, the uh, Live Die Repeat or All You Need Is Kill. It has many titles. Um, Boyhood. You've already mentioned Tim's Vermeer. I thought was absolutely excellent. Um, if you want to see uh, an obsessive man uh, examine art and sort of blow your mind slightly I thought that was well worth it Guardians of the Galaxy I did really enjoy um, although it didn't make my list because I'm I like Marek have become a bit oversaturated with these Marvel Universe films but you know it was it was fun enough it was good it had some good performances in it and The Raid 2 as well I thought was great fun I'm just getting my list now because I, le- I can't believe I left my film book at home <laughs> I'm so annoyed. All that work. I'm just getting my um, it's IMDb um, ratings for the year of... Imitation Game was very good. Yes. Um, Interstellar almost made my list as well. It's up there. There's a lot of films I gave eight to. Uh, and they're both... They're both on the, the blooming list, whether you like it or not. Lucy, I quite enjoyed that. Yes, the Luke Besson, Scarlett Johansson film. Yeah, even though a lot of people were a bit... Uh, a bit sniffy about it, weren't they? Yes, but I was quite... I, I, the Fault in Our Stars is a good weepy film, not 
quite up there. Um, Lunchbox was quite interesting. Grad Budapest Hotel was all right. You know, there were quite a few that were there, there or thereabouts. Ah, cool, cool. Well, those are our favourites of the year. What are yours? Why not email us and we'll talk about them uh, next week, maybe. Uh, DearFilmFandango at gmail.com Let us know what uh, films other people should be watching. We want to all find the good ones. That's basically what this is about. Um, If you want to talk to each other directly, go to facebook.com forward slash filmfandango or you can tweet us at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed or at Marit Larwood. Um, and we do all of this for free. So if you'd like to get in uh, some final donations, I know it's now 2015 already, but, you know, final donations, uh, then please do. Um, we do all of this for free, so we can only do it because you do this. So go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there if you'd like to keep this podcast going. And thank you to everyone who has. Um, we've watched a lot of films this year that didn't come out this year. Yeah, films that you our favourite films that we haven't seen before that you probably would have a lot of people might have seen and you would have heard of that we've got round to watching. I mean I've racked my brains for some of the ones I've watched this year that I really enjoyed and I'm glad I watched. Whether this is the definitive list I don't know because I've watched so many films and I won't possibly recall them all. But a couple. What what have you got? Um, my first one, which I was amazed I haven't seen um, before, uh, a, a comedy. It's um, done by um, that um, uh, famous director. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, uh, he's done a lot of films, and his name is Martin Scorsese. <laughs> okay, but you think Martin Scorsese? They don't think of this film. I absolutely loved it. It's got Griffin Dunn, who was an American wealth in London. It's got Rosanna Arquette in it. Um, it's After Hours. It's about a guy who's leaving work and he gets involved in a, a number of difficult situations and he has to get home. Griffin Dunn is spectacular. All the cameos are f- funny. It's filmed back in um, 1985. Really unique really great written by some Joseph Minion who apparently wrote it for some sort of university uh, project or something I can't recommend it high enough if you want a quirky I hate the word quirky uh, off the wall I hate that word <laughs> an unusual comedy uh, and also it's a drama and, uh, he's really watchable Griffin Dunn he should have been a big Hollywood star I think I don't understand what he wasn't unless he, he must have done something really bad in his life. <laughs> After Hours, I absolutely loved it. And cool. thank you to Paul Allen again for recommending that to me. Great. I, I uh, want to add to that is another someone trying to get uh, home, it, it was sorts, film, only from 2013, but I didn't see it um, until this year, is Locke, the yes. uh, Tom Hardy film. Tom Hardy in a car for the entire thing where he's called by Andrew Scott and Olivia Coleman amongst others. Um, you have never t- heard a man talk so much about concrete and enjoyed hit listening to it. Um, absolutely fantastic film if you haven't seen it. Track it down. Can you do anything though? Can you just watch him on the toilet? Tom Hardy? Mm. Oh, I don't know. I think it's a very well scripted uh, film and obviously well performed as well. But I mean, we've got him in Mad Max to look forward to. Let's see if he can really push our tolerance levels. Because, you know, he's he's done a lot of interesting films so far. But if he starts to do Hollywood schlock, maybe we'll get bored of him. 
I think it's too mental to do that, isn't it? Well, he did um, This Means War, which is a rom-com about CIA agents, and that was appalling. Uh, silly Billy. Um, my next film I saw is a documentary, and now again you watch a film that is jaw-dropping. And it rendered me speechless as I was just then. Um, it's a, uh, directed by a man called Joshua Oppenheimer who shot it over a period of years where he, he fo- went to Indonesia and he follows death squad leaders who he, he gets them to reenact their killings in a cinematic fashion uh, and over the course of it they suddenly realise maybe what they've done it is some of the most incredible scenes I've ever seen on film and you must watch this and it's a harrowing watch a very difficult watch but um, it says all sorts about humanity and everything <laughs> not really in a more articulate way it's called The Act of Killing yeah and I think it's one of the greatest films I've ever seen it is fantastic the, the real chilling thing about The Act of Killing for me was the the destroying of that fiction that people who are capable of evil look and act evil and it's utter, it's a terrifying idea that normal people are capable of this that i mean that is absolutely you know a, a, it's a, it's a thing that we've tried to rebrand and ignore since the second world war to go well you know nazis look like this and normal people they're just normal people but it you know it's a terrifying concept isn't it yeah that we're always just so far away from people doing these atrocious things to not each other not very far not very far not um, very far away David got a general election coming up we'll see what happens um yeah no I agree that was a fantastic film uh, The Hunt is another one of mine from 2012 yes. um Mads Mikkelsen um who is in a small town I assume it's in Denmark I forget. I am not a paedophile. That's the one, the tagline, um, where he gets accused. He's a primary school teacher and uh, he gets accused of an act he did not commit. And then it's him trying to keep his life together in the wake of the mob mentality that happens. It's it's a chilling film, but really good. My third pick, let's stay out of... of, uh, (laughs) What? Let's stay out in the east. It's Metro Manila. Which I talked about a few weeks ago, where um, a an man in the Philippines and his family who are poor and they can't survive, they decide to relocate to uh, Metro Manila, which is probably the mo- it is the most overpopulated city in the world, and he and they have to, their lives gradually collapse as they deal with poverty and they have to get jobs and and the, everything goes wrong. It's a British sort of Philippine sort of. Uh, co-main film I thought it was really original I felt I was learning a bit what Philipp- uh, the Philippines are like Manila's like even though it was a dramatisation yeah, yeah. of it it's come out 2013 not many people really went to watch this I thought it was really great I think it's available on DVD now probably available on Netflix I think so watch Metro Manila thank you my next one is one that Tom Tuck brought in that's just a lovely uh, comedy from 1980 that I had never seen before. It passed me by, but I'm very glad I have now seen it called The Gods Must Be Crazy. Very simple, charming, little, often slapstick comedy, but really well made and great fun. 
I've still not seen the sequel, which apparently is sort of equally good, but I'm, I will track it down. The gods must be crazy. Uh, my next one is when we, we were talking about Richard Attenborough when he died, and I hadn't seen it before. Uh, Ten Rillington Place, which is the uh, a, a film made about the mass murderer John uh, John Christie in West London in the nineteen well late nineteen forties nineteen fifties, who k- kills uh, uh, someone who the people he rents his flat out to and. Changes British law forever. Richard Allenbrook is amazing in this, and also you've got John Hurt doing a weird Welsh accent. Judy Geeson, who's never said as well later on. It's a dark, depressing, bleak drama. Richard Attenborough, you can see how all sorts of performances of serial killers. Yeah. Even Anthony Hopkins is, you know, the how his quiet. Uh, Chillingly, sort of soft serial killer. I know it's been done before, but they seem to see how he's influenced so many people yeah, yeah. with his performance. I, I still haven't seen it and I really want to. One that hasn't made my list, but I should mention, I've just remembered I saw it this year, is uh, Magic, where um, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, with the Crystal. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, you know, in terms of somebody's madness and it all coming, is it's an excellent, excellent film. Yeah. Um, but uh, my next one actually slightly mainstream this one but I'd never seen it before and I was expecting it to be terrible and I ended up really enjoying it it's the 2007 Ridley Scott film American Gangster about um, it's a Denzel Washington film um, and Russell Crowe is in it as well but about uh, the drug lord Frank Lucas who managed to quickly become the biggest thing in heroin in America during the Vietnam War by getting um, it directly from the suppliers and cutting out the mob for a brief period and his career then ended when uh, his power and money disappeared when the Vietnam War ended and cut off his supply but for that brief period he was huge and managed to rise to power very quickly so it's a very interesting story the fact it's true reading about it I mean it's slightly glamorising of the people involved but it's a thoroughly I mean I can always watch Denzel Washington I think he's very very watchable but it's a it's a very good film and it's refreshing to watch a fairly recent good Ridley Scott film to remember that you know he he can do it sometimes just because we've got we've got more him pissing on his legacy to come a lot more of it so I'm hoping that Prometheus was a blip you know but we'll see we'll see um my last one, I might have missed, I'll give a special mention to one after this one, um, is Suspiria, the Dario Argento film from 1977, when uh, this girl goes to a ballet academy um, to learn, this American girl in some sort of weird European place, supposed to be in Italy somewhere, and the ballet academy is a front for something darker going on. The soundtrack by Goblin is... Like music you've never heard before, the colours, the, the the gothic looks, the performances—it's mental. It's totally mental, but so refreshing and genuinely terrifying in places. This new films that you realise there are no make you realise there are no real rules to film, and you can do whatever you want yeah. really as long as it hangs together with some sort of vague concept. This is just... This is 1977. So what's that? 30, 38 years ago? 
and it feels so refreshing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you want to watch something eye-opening and weird, and I wasn't really, I didn't really know much about Dario Argento films, but um, please treat yourself to one of the uh, most fascinating films ever made. Well, my final one is also from the mid seventies, nineteen seventy-six, and it's in there purely because we've talked about it all year, and I finally saw it. Is the original Carrie? You saw it. I finally saw the original. When did Carrie. you see it? About time. Oh, I saw it about a month ago now. Um, okay. So yeah, I didn't tell you. I wanted to save it up, but yes, it's it's infinitely superior to the to the remake. The remake has no idea what it's doing. Like I, it's I, not to you know end on a negative point, but. Um, you can't get anyone but Sissy Spasek. No, Sissy Spasek has got this incredible look of delicacy and strangeness that is the character. And her her growth, actually, during the film as she grows in confidence is so subtle, but, you know, it is there. It's, it, it really is there. Whereas Chloe Grace Moretz, her entire appeal is she seems to have a confidence... Um, and maturity beyond her years. So she doesn't work as the character of Carrie. Carrie is supposed to be isolated and insular. It's her face. It's the other, her almost alien-like face that she's yeah. got. You can't... Yeah. I mean, it's... it's The, the stuff... I, I, I actually enjoyed the stuff with her mother and Carrie's character and the terribly fragile position she's in in high school having been brought up in this way I enjoyed that stuff more than the supernatural stuff but the film as a whole is it's great isn't it yeah. it's great and uh, uh, I also like spotting uh, people who are in other things you've seen before and go where are they from it's that person uh, the bully girl who is responsible for the dropping of the blood and everything who is going out with John Travolta in it is Robocop's sidekick when she grows up, she becomes Robocop's sidekick. There you go. I've got one more um, I'd like to just quickly mention as well. I yeah. saw, talking about people who appeared in things later on. Have you ever watched The Killing? If you've watched The Bridge? If you've watched uh, Game of Thrones? All these people, 20 years ago, they made a film which was remade called Nightwatch, which is a Danish film, which has got uh, Jamie Lannister, I his real name in it, Sophie Grable's in it, Nikolai Kostovaldi as a Jamie Lannister. Kim Bodnia from the bridges in it um, about uh, a guy who gets a job as a night watchman at a morgue. It's on Amazon Prime and a few things now called Night Watch, a Danish thriller. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's fascinating seeing these people who, twenty years later, yeah. they all suddenly cut this huge Danish Nordic Renaissance. It wasn't remade as that Ewan McGregor film. Yes, it was. Yeah, is that the same? Film? Yeah, I've not seen. I'd that, love but... to see the original because I thought the Ewan McGregor one was was good, but. You could. There was almost a better film struggling to get out. Yeah, I think this is the one you should watch. So watch if you fancy a good winter horror, Danish horror. You're missing your killing bridge <laughs> stuff. You can see them all twenty years ago in Night Watch. Well, those are our favourites of the year. And whatever uh, you do, don't go and watch the worst film of the year, Draft Day, Asylum. Um, <laughs> That we talked about Asylum and very sweetly uh, the writer has uh, got in touch on Twitter um, and uh, I commend I commend his efforts to save a project somebody else screwed up but uh, it's uh, Asylum was probably the most painful thing I've seen this year um, next year this year 2015 what have we got to look forward to I mean we've got 
Um, Star Wars is probably going to be the biggest release. Um, well, it'll be up against Avengers: Age of Ultron for the massive franchises, but Jurassic World and Jurassic World. Uh, yes, Chris Pratt again. Um, but anything? What are you looking forward to? Any of these massive Goliaths at all? Not really. Is your is your Star Wars enthusiasm rock bottom? Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I'd probably see the films. I, mean, I was annoyed I didn't go and see Nightcrawler this year. I should mention. Yes, that, me too. I'm not interested in the Star Wars. Um, I don't really like that sort of stuff. Did, were you not into Star Wars growing up? No. Oh, interesting. No. I'm, I will go and see it. I mean, I, I, I'm sort of happy to leave Star Wars behind now, and I don't like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek films. So I sort of, you know, I'll go and see them. I like J.J. Abrams. I really like Super 8. That's great. Yeah, Super 8's excellent. I really like Super 8. Um, yeah, but Jurassic World... I'm not sure about that trailer. And have you seen Terminator Genesis trailer? Genesis. Who is it in that? It is um, Daenerys from Game of Thrones is playing young Sarah Connor. He does look a bit like her. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, Arnie again playing a uh, a sort of decrepit old T-800. I've ignored it after the first two. I just pretend they don't exist. Well, this one is doing the exact same thing the first Star Trek film did and uh, X-Men Days of Future Past did this year, which is rebooting their franchise while still claiming that it's all canon by having a time travel narrative that resets everything. Origins origins bullshit. It's boring. Having to sit through two hours just to be told we can do anything we want again. You know, I I don't want to pay for that. Just start over. There's nothing to look forward to in 2015. You came to listen to this podcast for, you know, to give you some ideas, but then nothing. Nothing. Well, certainly not for the big ones. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we look forward to another year of films. Uh, Good. Have a great New Year, everyone. And I hope uh, 2015 is really prosperous, both, especially for me, but and also for you. <laughs> There you go. There's a message to take with you. Um, we'll be back next week. Keep watching the films. You watch films. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.